Okay, Rabotai, there's uh, one little small idea that I'd like to share today, which I think is a very powerful one. Okay? The Pasuk says, And Yitzhak went out, Lasuach, to uh, literally, Lasuach could mean to speak, in the fields. Lifnot Erev, as it was coming towards evening, and he lifts up his eyes and he sees, and there were camels that were coming. Okay? Now, our Chachamim tell us that each one of the Avot, they dedicated one of the uh, times of Tefillah. Abraham, he dedicated Shaharit. Yitzhak dedicated Minha. And Yaakov dedicated Arbit. Each one of them dedicated Tefillah. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean they dedicated a Tefillah? Whatever, they prayed. They prayed their whole lives. But what Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov did is that they opened up a channel. That's the point. This prayer was so special, it was so powerful, that it, it enabled an eternity of prayers to go up for Shaharit, Minha, and Arbit. Maybe another day we'll speak about the fact that the nature of the prayers of Shaharit, Minha, and Arbit are inherently different. What the energy or the vibe of what Shaharit accomplishes and the way that it does it is different than Minha. Minha different than Arbit. In fact, this idea of praying Minha and Arbit together that we do today, it's because of uh, you know, practicalities. So we pray Minha and Arbit together at the same time, but ideally they were set at different times of the day. They were set at different parts where, where, uh, where the sun was shining, the different f- feelings or moods that people were in. But Yitzchak is going out now and he's... He's almost erecting this new channel. What is this new channel between heaven and earth? It's called Mincha. The Sefarim say something amazing. You know why Yitzchak made Mincha? In fact, even the name is something which is strange. Shacharit is named after Shachar. It's the morning. Arbit is named after Erev. So what should Mincha really been called? Tzahorayim. So why are you calling Mincha a different name than Shacharit and Erev? So excellent. What Har HaKermon is saying over here, the mountain to my left, what he's illustrating is something beautiful. Yitzchak, we know, was brought as a korban, Ola. But he did, not actually get, uh, uh, he did not actually get to the place of bringing the korban. However, as we say in the morning prayers, Hashem says, I see it as if Yitzchak was a korban Ola. One of the things that you have to bring with an Ola is a mincha. You have to bring along with it a offering in the after, like they would bring with the made out of flour. So therefore, Yitzchak's tefillah is called mincha because that completes his, uh, his, uh, his uh, present, if you will. Now, I want to say one last thing which I think is very important, if that's okay. One of the powers of tefillah is brought from the second part of the pasuk, a part that people don't pay attention to. So everyone quotes, Yitzchak went out to pray. Everyone talks about that. Yitzchak made mincha. But no one talks about the fact that the end of the pasuk says, and he lifted his eyes and in there were camels. Now you could understand why. It's a little bit less impressive than the beginning of the sentence. He lifted his eyes and he saw there were camels. Rabotai, I want to point out something which I think is very powerful. Look at the end of that story. Yitzchak brings Rivka into, his, into the tent of his mother. And what happens? And he loved her. And Yitzchak finally was comforted for the fact that he lost his mother. What that means is that up until that point of comfort, Yitzchak was suffering. He was suffering from the fact 
that his mother had passed and a piece of him, a piece of his heart was not there. God brought him Rivka in order to be able to solve that piece, to be able to move on and to build something new. Rabbi you know what's so special about this Pasuk? That when Yitzchak prayed and he finished praying, what does it say? Vayisa'enav. He lifted his eyes, Vayar. Every time you find the word Vayisa'enav and he lifted his eyes, you should know that the person in question is lifting their eyes to see something. It's not that they're startled, because then you would just say Vayar, and he saw. Vayisa means he lifted his eyes in anticipation. Where do you find an idea like this? When the brothers are thinking about selling Yosef, they stick him in the pit. They don't know what to do at this stage, because they think that he's a Rodef, he's trying to get rid of them. They think he's trying to isolate them, tell their father to chase them away, to just divorce them from being part of the Jewish story. They know they need to get rid of him. On the other hand, they hear Yehuda's words, and they know that Yehuda is right, that they can't, and Reuben, they can't send their, they can't kill their own brother. So what do they do? And they lift their eyes, and suddenly there were these sellers, these merchants coming. They were looking for an alternative. They were looking for an answer. And God sent them those merchants because that was the story of the Jewish people unfolding. The same thing here. Once Yitzchak had prayed in such a powerful way, he lifted his eyes. He expected to see the answer to his prayers. And he saw. And there were camels coming. And Rivka was being carried aloft those camels. What was to be the love of his life. What was to be one of the imahot of Am Yisrael. One of the most important things about getting your prayers answered is the expectation that your prayers will be answered. Not because you feel that your prayers are worthy of being answered or that you are worthy of being answered. Because as we know, we say when a person prays, they don't pray because of their own merit. Not because we are so righteous, do we pray to you in this way. Because we know that you are merciful, that you are our father, that you have everything in the world. If you go to a billionaire and you ask him for a penny, and he's feeling generous, he doesn't give it to you, are you not surprised? Borei Olam has more than the richest billionaire. And what you're asking of him is less than a penny. Not only that, he's not a stranger, he loves you. Why would he not answer your prayers? It's almost as if we should be sitting there looking and wondering, almost in shock, how come we don't have the things that we want? Not out of entitlement, not out of expectation. But I should wonder, how come I'm not getting it to the point that I should start to analyze and say, if Hashem's not getting it, and I prayed for it, is it right for me? Am I right for the berachah that I'm asking for? Or do I need to progress in order to get to a place where that berachah works for me? But that's how the work of prayer goes. But it begins with an expectation. If I'm going to pray with all my heart, my prayers will be answered. Vayisa ena vayar. And he lifted his eyes. gemalim ba'im. The word gemalim means camels. But the word gemalim also has a root in the word gomel chesed. When someone does kindness with you. So Yitzchak prayed with all his heart. He lifted his eyes. He expected an answer. And God was already dealing in kindness with him and answering the prayer that he so desperately was uttering from the depths of his heart.